Greetings once again from our isolation chamber to yours. This is not fun anymore. The honey-do list is getting shorter, but we are finding out the lack of time is not really the reason some of that stuff was not getting done. Staycation was a great play on words when it was not mandatory. We have the stay down pat. Vacation, not so much. Well, we want to welcome you again to these devotionals from the pastoral team, Newark United Pentecostal Church in Newark, Delaware. I want to remind you that these devotions are but a part of what we have available here. First of all, these short messages are here in case you missed something or would like to hear it again. There are also short sessions for children, and you will notice that there are songs made available from different sources nightly. They are available for you from YouTube, Apple Music, and Spotify. Uh, these songs are then added to our playlist, and some of the newer songs will likely be added to what we sing when we all get back together. Listening to them now can help you be prepared for when they are introduced as congregational songs. These days are making us do things differently. We want to use this as an opportunity to advance the kingdom and strengthen our walks with God. Now, most of the news these days seems to be centered on the present crisis with all sorts of numbers and statistics being thrown around and updated, manipulated, explained, revised, and, and gone over again. Solutions and blame seem to uh, be engaged in some sort of a martial arts tussle where the populace gets most of the aches and the bruises. Economic collapse and dubious rescues race over fields of business as usual among the many political pros. Things that were being halted for a couple of weeks uh, now could be opened by Easter or possibly early June, maybe. The only thing in all this that is certain is that nothing is certain. Now, I'm really not making light of this because we really are in serious times. Those statistics are not just numbers. Real people, sick, dying. This last week, the first one to die of this disease in Oklahoma was the UPCI minister, a great, good friend of mine for 30 years or so. Several other of my close friends back there have been hospitalized and tested positive for this virus. Most of them were infected before it was known that there was a possibility of infection not a joking matter. We're now several days into serious isolation and for many it's beginning to wear a little thin. For some the drumbeat of the news is ratcheting up their unease into the realm of panic. Others may be developing a fear of death by boredom. Wherever you may be along that scale 
is time to, in a King James English phrase, gird up the loins of your mind. The picture here is of ancient Orientals. When preparing to run or fight or work, they would tuck their long flowing robes into their belts to keep the loose cloth from getting in the way and hindering what they were doing. This command from 1 Peter 1 and 13 is translated several ways with the same meaning. The New Living Translation says, so think clearly and exercise self-control. While the NIV puts it, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. The Amplified Version translates it as, so brace up your minds, be sober. Eugene Peterson, in his modern language translation called The Message, makes it very clear when he says, roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear. Henry Ford is reported to have said that worry is the most wasteful thing in the world. Silent or noisy railing against the situation won't help. It's time to go to battle. This battle will not involve swords or guns, arrows or bazookas. The battlefield is not the Valley of Ajalon, where Joshua commanded the sun to stand still, nor Waterloo, where Napoleon met, well, you know that one. This battle is not being fought by the outnumbered defenders of the Alamo, nor the fratricidal armies of Gettysburg. We are caught in the ongoing conflict that I call the Battle of the Ivory Tower. What's going on here? The conflict is not in the trenches dug across the nation, the land of Europe, nor the lonely islands of the Pacific. This struggle takes place behind your eyes and between your ears. The clash is not between well-equipped armies or stealthy partisans. It's a fight on the battlefields of our minds between conflicting thought patterns vying for supremacy. Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 8, and 9 from the New Living Translation, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. When the foot soldiers of worry and the cavalry of panic attack the citadel of your peace, it's time to counterattack thoughts fixed on the positive and the good. There are some things that are not, just not worthy of the mental energy they demand. So we must arm ourselves to overcome the attack that's been launched by this crisis. I've never been one of the sunshine boys who espoused a positive mental attitude as the cure for all ills, whether it came dressed in business clothes or the religious garb of a name-it-and-claim-it philosophy. 
There's no way any of us can think positively enough to make this the last Thursday. There are some things, as Lincoln said, above our poor power to add or detract. Yet I've also seen situations where a change was within reach, but someone, because of his thinking, did not even try or did so only half-heartedly, thus to no avail. Since this battle is fought on the ground of thoughts, our thinking is critical to victory. Any army will enter the conflict surely supplied with proper armaments. Strangely enough, in this instance, some powerful weapons in strengthening and guarding our thoughts are found, as Paul pointed out in our passage in Philippians, in the actions we take. Our very posture can strengthen or weaken our mental states. Sitting slumped with your head down, that can sap your energy and weaken your resolve. Squared shoulders and a smile and in like manner, even bolster your being. While it is not a comprehensive list, here are some things that we can do to strengthen our mental and emotional forces for the coming battle. First of all, we live in the most technologically advanced age yet. Use the electronic world, as the 1987 AT&T commercial said to reach out and touch someone. We're not limited today to only a landline phone and high long distance charges. We have access to thousands or maybe just one by phone, email, text, Twitter, uh, Facebook, FaceTime, Zoom, and, and who knows what else. Keep your conversations positive and uplifting. If someone will not cooperate with that, talk to someone else. There are good things happening. Make plans for when this is all over and however you have to do it. Do not be alone. Someone has suggested that you read five books that you intended to, but just didn't have the time. Make sure that the first book on that list is the Bible. Desi Lugo gave us good instructions on that last Sunday night. One of the things I regret is that when I went to the library, which was about to close for about two weeks, that I didn't grab several more books, including some biographies. Now I won't be able to access them probably until at least early June. Now, exercise is always a good idea, or so my doctor keeps telling me. One of the things that on the allowables list is to walk your neighborhood. Uh, an extra exercise while you are walking is to uh, accompany your stroll with prayer for all of your neighbors as you pass their houses. You don't have to know them. God does. Pray for their safety and salvation. Pray that they would find strength and encouragement in these trying times. Ask God to provide for their needs. The walking will help you physically. The sunshine will increase your vitamin D levels. 
being out in the fresh air and around nature, whatever may be left of it, is mentally and emotionally beneficial. The prayer will help both you and your neighbors. As a, a good friend of mine uh, once told me when leaving a prayer request, uh, said, uh, I need the prayer and you need the practice. Now the sports are all shut down, a good time to find a more substantive interest fill your time. Is there something you've always wanted to do? Is there a poem or a song that's been doing laps around your head or your heart that would now find a way out to, to bless the rest of the world? Are you the one that is just sure you have the next great American novel? Or a do-it-yourself guide? Or something else locked up inside? started on it. How? Write. Write something. You can edit it later. It's very difficult to rewrite what has not yet been written. Get started and see where it takes you. We might all be surprised. Sister Rachel Lugo showed us last Thursday how we could be the cookie in someone's chaos. What can you do? I will not be cooking. The hospitals are loaded enough with that, overloaded enough without that. Sitting around moping is just an invitation to the armies of worry and doubt and panic to, to overrun your position. Staying busy is a good defense. If you do woodworking, fire up the saw and the lathe. Sawdust and shavings might be just a little more powerful and bombs and missiles in this battle. Getting the garden ready to go helps now as well as at harvest time. Digging a garden can be more productive in this situation than a foxhole. Minor repairs to the house or car can keep your mind busy as well as your hands. Maneuvers around the house, maneuvers across the battlefield, these are needed for strategic position needle and thread can be a good substitute for a shield and spear. As you heard Sunday night, our new small group connect is another good way to get together virtually and share each other's company and encouragement. We can help each other stay on track with a good time of laughter and involvement in each other's lives. Struggles and successes can be shared. If you're not part of a small group, Go to newarcupc.info for the small group sign-up card and become part of this weekly meeting for church connection and news, sharing and praying, along with an ongoing opportunity for fun and fellowship. No matter how large an army may be, you are always closest to those in your platoon. Small groups are Newark's platoons. Let's face our mutual enemies united. In this hour, the company we keep has already been tightly restricted. In many ways, that company has ceased to be our problem. Since we are not mingling with any crowd, the danger of falling in with the wrong crowd is greatly diminished. But how about the company we honor? How about our own spiritual and mental health? about the company 
we make of ourselves. What we make of ourselves in these days will have a large bearing on what we have to present to our brothers and sisters when we get together. Somehow I do not picture the Apostle John as spiritually diminished by his time on the Isle of Patmos. He used his time there not to bemoan his situation and stagger under the grief of lost fellowship. He got his thoughts in the right order. We know that in spite of his isolation, without technology and without modern day conveniences and possibly many of the conveniences of that day, John continued to live for God and worship him. For as Revelation 1.10 tells us, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What kind of company did you make yourself today? Could we pray? Dear Jesus, you who have not changed in this turmoil or in all of the yesterdays, days and even forever be with us in this current situation and help us to realize that you are there nothing eternal has changed your promise that you would never leave us or forsake us is still as valid now as it was 2,000 years ago Lord you lit the stars and understand their burning Modern technology is not surprised or confounded you. In just breathing, you gave life to Adam. And a virus that is not even really alive cannot bring your kingdom down. Human knowledge has increased by leaps and bounds as you told Daniel it would. But the human heart, our real being, has not changed. Your directions for us is, are as valid as they've ever been. You understand us inside and out, physical, mental, moral, emotional, and spiritual as we never will. Oh God, we are facing a test just now. It's not so much a test of governments and world systems, of econo economies or political, philosophical reasonings of medical science or sociological dynamics. We face the test of our own broken nature. God, help us to run to the rock and to lean on your word. Think as we ought to think and do as we ought to do. Paul encouraged the Philippians to fix their thoughts on the good and the upright to practice proper behavior, linking these two strong battalions for a pincer movement against our opponents of doubt and despair. Lord, help us win the battle. As the book of Proverbs says in chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Savior, we're determining our spiritual future today. Help us pave our path with your word that we could walk in safety all the way home. Help us pass this test. We pray for those who are also facing the physical ramifications of this malady. We know that you've already taken some of your precious children home. Comfort those who've been left behind. 
give them the strength that comes only from you. And be with those who yet struggle with the effects of this virus. Give them strength. Help them through the fight. Bring, bring them through it all victorious. Lord, as with all our prayers, we leave it all to your wisdom and in your hands as we pray according to your instructions. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, may the richest blessing of the Lord rest upon you as you go, thinking on good things, put into practice what you've learned. And the God of peace be with you all.